Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, hustlers, we know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by... Union Bank Global Linker, a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize their business and go global. Sign up now at unionbank.globallinker.com slash hustleshare to get a free ebook on surviving COVID-19 for your business. Also by TagCash. Spend, play, earn, and build a mobile wallet super app for your startup. Go now to hustleshare.com slash tagcash to apply and get your startup's mobile wallet. And Caliber is the easiest, most convenient way to get hired. Caliber Tailor fits the perfect job for you based on your unique skills. Hire the best people for your company at www.caliber.com and use the promo code HUSTLESHARE. Caliber, where jobs find you. I built Ticket to Me to solve very real problems of myself as a producer. And even if there were no other users of my product, I would still use it because it makes more sense to use Ticket to Me than any of my competitors. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Bait Young. Welcome to episode 79 of the Hustle Share Podcast. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by Union Bank Global Linker, a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize their business. 
We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains not safe for work language, so make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today we're going to be talking to a founder that just helped raise 17 million pesos using his online ticketing system that he created. And his name is Darwin Mariano of Ticket to Me. And Darwin has a very interesting hustle because he started out as a lawyer who was very passionate about watching theater shows. And that's why he sold tickets to these shows as a side hustle. But while working as a corporate lawyer, he was able to amass tons of experience, like working for a senator in the Philippines and working as a public affairs director in a big cement conglomerate. Darwin is also going to share what it was like to move out of the Philippines to work abroad, to step out of his comfort zone and learn new experiences, all the way to how he chose to come back here in the Philippines and start Ticket to Me full time. And this is where it gets interesting because he will detail how he was able to bootstrap and how he was able to build the team behind Ticket to Me, all the way to how he was able to get enough traction in scale this despite the tough competition from incumbents in the industry. And stick around till the end because he will share a lot of his tips, especially on how to properly price your products and how to bounce back from this COVID-19 crisis. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind Ticket to Me, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We are talking to someone who's been killing it, raising 50 million pesos. I, I almost said dollars during for the COVID. Uh, so, uh, for, uh, COVID uh, stuff by, uh, I am so sabal right now. What is going on? I don't know how to podcast anymore. <laughs> With the Vice President Lenny Robredo. Um, and again, welcome to the show, Mr. Darwin Mariano. Of ticket to me, Darwin. Welcome thank to the show. Thank you, thank you, Ron, for for having me on your show. Appreciate it again. So again, pardon me for the sabal moments. I don't know how to podcast anymore. This is the fucking, <laughs> this is the effect of the podcast for us extroverts. I have become yes. an introvert now. What the fuck? If yes. I see people, I'd be like, "Hi, how is you?" <laughs> it's gonna be awkward. <laughs> I can imagine. Ako din, it's been tough. I mean, being on lockdown has been tough, I think, for many of us. Yeah, especially, again, if you're used to doing your hustle in a person-to-person point of view, mm-hmm. the best you can do is fucking chat and call. It's not even like, it's kind of a, it's frowned upon now because like, why are you calling me? People freak out for some mm-hmm. reason. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but it's just weird. But before I get carried away, Darwin, what's your hustle? So I am the founder and the CEO of uh, Ticket to Me. Um, Ticket to Me is actually um, uh, now a three-year-old startup. Um, it began as a side business for me decades oh. ago. It's a side um, hustle. Yes, yes. It was actually a side hustle because I'm a big fan of theater and oh. of live performances. Nice. But of course, um, when I was in college, uh, I would never have enough allowance for all of the theater shows that I wanted to go see and the concerts mm. that I wanted to, to watch. 
So what my friends did um, decades ago was we would pool our savings. We would buy shows or blocks of tickets from the theater producers at a ah, steep discount. Nice. Resell, resell them to our friends for so the face value of the ticket. <laughs> oh, well, we were, yes, yes. <laughs> legit, legit scalper. Legit scalper. Because okay. we, would, we would buy it direct. Not from uh, um, a network or an outlet. We would talk to the producer. We would relieve them of some of the financial risk because we took a chance dun sa shows before it even opened and mm. we would take the inventory off their hands. That is amazing. But before we... Because you said you, you did this as a side hustle. You must yes. have been doing something different before. But before we do that, we need to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine. <laughs> All right, so now we're in the hustle share time machine, and again, the, just to give you a, a feed um, a, a, a feedback on how this really also rings a bell with me with Ticket to Me, because I was once part of the nightlife entertainment business, which which we can delve into on, and I am so amazed of what you've done because I tried this and I failed spectacularly. But before I get carried away, um, growing up, uh, what, what what was your what were the things that you've been doing before? Did you have entrepreneurship? Because I'm looking at your thing. You studied in <laughs> Edinburgh. You studied yeah. law. And yes. all of a sudden, you're an entrepreneur. Walk us through that yes. journey of how were you <laughs> when you were growing up. Yes. So I think I've always been um, a storyteller slash entrepreneur. Mm. I remember one of my earliest childhood memories was uh, we grew up. I was born in Sampalo yeah. um, in Manila. Where? And Which part? Um, it's a street called Crisostomo oh, in yeah. between Maria Clara and Simon. So it's I studied really in, in UST high school and college. So I oh, know the no limitangers all the time. Correct, yeah. correct. So and we grew up in a parang hindi siya compound because we were along the street, pero tabi-tabi yung apartments. Yes, yes. So all of my dad's siblings and um, my paternal grandparents were in that same row. Wow. And I remember pag summer. We had a big, parang I don't remember what kind of tree it was. It would have it would have a lot of green caterpillars. Pag summer, oh. at the peak boredom namin ng mga cousins ko. So we were all okay. kids. So I was probably in what I don't know, um, third grade, first grade, or second grade. I don't remember. Okay. I would I would take the little caterpillars. Okay. I would make um, a a perf- parang a shoebox theater okay. with. Um, little trapezes and balancing beams. Wow. Tapos I would shine a flashlight on it. Tapos I would put the caterpillars on it. And then I would close off yung parang com- communal garage nung right, area right. namin. And I would charge my cousins one peso to watch. So like a diorama, a live diorama. Ganon, correct. Of caterpillars wow. that weren't doing anything. Parang they were just there. They would walk. Pero kasi since we were all bored, my, co- my cousins didn't have anything better to do. I didn't have anything better to do. Mm-hmm. I would charge them. And I would make some money, enough for taho or enough for bread or enough for whatever snacks na mabibili right. ko dun sa karinderia. Um, but that was one of the earliest fun memories that I had of me parang putting shows together. Nice. So you had it and in you already early I, on. I, I think so. But it wasn't something that I would pursue at least um, professionally right. or, or commercially until many, many years after. Because yun nga, um, I, I eventually took a more formal career path 
um, which you dis- in which you mentioned. I'm a lawyer. I am still licensed to practice law in the Philippines. I did corporate for many many years. Wow. But I guess ultimately you're drawn to to what you love it. And mm. when the opportunity presented itself for me to start um, Ticket to Me in 2017, I I took it. Okay. Now before we uh, look at that uh, uh, thing, I want to understand how you built yourself because. Um, and you're right. You know, at the end of the day, you had the, the, those those flashes already when you were young. That okay, maybe this is something to me. But as any t- typical hustler, especially for founders, you have to establish experience first before mm-hmm. you can really tell yourself like, all right, I'm ready. You know, yes. um, because right off the bat, it's hard to jump into to entrepreneurship without any type mm-hmm. of experience. And I'm looking at here. The one thing that stick out in your early hustles here is that. You started. Uh, you studied masters of science in the University of Edinburgh. Yeah. Aside from law, how did you mm-hmm. connect science and law? And uh, how do, how does that? <laughs> what type of experience and skills do you learn from that type of uh, exposure? Yes, I think. Um, you know, and I, I guess you hit it on the head. I wasn't. Um, I, I wasn't brave enough to become an entrepreneur early enough in my life. Um, I always wanted, and I guess in a way it helped. Um, I wanted a more secure professional financial path for myself. That's why I became a lawyer. Um, I worked for um, for a number of multinationals, um, and that gave me a lot—not just of, of skills and experience, but also it gave me um, money. It allowed me to build my own um, sort of small reserve that eventually would I would use to bootstrap the very early days of, of, of Ticket to Me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yun, I think, um, the reason why I studied, um, um, it's actually science communications. Ah. And the reason why I studied that was um, my, my, my dream retirement okay. scenario. Mm-hmm. After I have grown uh, Ticket to Me to be as big as, as um, our dreams can, can get it, mm-hmm. um, would be to, to teach. I, I used to teach, and wow. um, I'm not comfortable going to going back to school and teaching law because while I was in corporate practice for many years, hindi na yun talaga yung specialization ko. But mm-hmm. communications and public affairs that formed a big part of my corporate life, and yeah. I would have a lot of stories. Um, I'd, I'd have a lot of, of I think things that I'd be able to share to students, and that's why I studied it. It was also during the time that I was assigned in Singapore, and it's pretty bored. Like I say, um, <laughs> I had my life was here, my my friends and my family right, right. was here. So in order to sort of make the most of, of my posting right. when I was doing regional work in, in Singapore, I would study, I, and I and then that's why I, I studied um, my masters. So Clark Key didn't cut it for you. Bakute didn't no. cut it for you. <laughs> Chicken Res didn't cut it, right? Yeah, yeah. Not you can't do that all the time. You can't do that all the time. Yeah, or so even gay lang if you if that was your thing. No? <laughs> yes, yes. So so ayon. So I, I I really wanted to be parang to maximize the time that, that yeah. I had there. All right. There's, now, before, again, uh, we delve into, I want to just hammer down on skill sets here. Right? Mm-hmm. You said you wanted to be a lawyer and you, communication was always key. But mm-hmm. there has to be hard skills and soft skills you developed through the, through the times. Because uh, the first two ones you've did, you've done, you, you worked for uh, the late Senator Raul Rocco. He was yes. one of the most, again, I hope we still have senators like him now. 
instead of the fucking shit show we have in the fucking shit. <laughs> my goodness, <laughs> right? If you work with such a brilliant man, right? What are the things you that you you learn? Because dude, this guy was a living, breathing. You know, he was a mm-hmm. statesman of statesmen. Right? Yes, that, again, yes, yes, yes. Like, oh, I'm not a statesman. I'm just a senator. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But yes. this is a real statesman before. And to work with that at, a such, at such a young age, what do you pick up from that guy? Yeah, I think one of the, one of the things that I learned for, from Rojo, very, I, I, at least operationally, I learned a lot of things. And if I have to look back at my life, he's one of the most, um, if not the most influential mentor or boss that I've had a, the, the, fo- the good fortune of working with. And I learned a lot. But one of the things that still I employ to this day is I never fall in love with my idea or with any idea for that matter. He would always tell me, Parang Darwin, what can go wrong? Or can we deconstruct this idea? You think, and we've, we're convinced that it's a smart way forward. Pero what will happen if ganito or, or what if something catastrophic or ganyan. So just so that you always have a, a view that is different from what everyone else seems to be carrying. That has helped me in my law practice. That has helped me in my corporate life because um, in terms of, I guess, scenario planning, sanay yung utak ko na I don't fall in love with an idea even if it's mine or no matter how much I love the idea of a member of the team. So that's one. Um, the other one that I learned from him, and again, which is, I think, very, very useful to this day, is Rojo trained me to be very precise. Mm. Um, precise in language, precise in thought, precise in action. Paano kasi, I think it's his, his being a lawyer. Um, mm. uh, one word can, make, can spell the difference in a contract. Absolutely. Diba? Um, one wrong statement or, or sentence can spell the difference between a successful negotiation or a failed negotiation. Correct. And those kinds of things um, still are very useful when you become an entrepreneur or where in, when you're in corporate. You have to be mindful about how you say, what you say. I mean, it's not just the content, but exactly um, you have to have that kind of mindset that must deliberate ka when you... You, you mean exactly what you say and you use the exact words that you, you, you'd want to be able to convey your meaning precisely. And so I think those are the things. And you combine that also with the, the Murphy's Law thinking that, hey, what can go wrong? And you yes. have that precision. My God, that's, yes. that's so powerful. Right? And I think it's also because, you know, as lawyers, we're trained to, to prepare for what will go wrong. Mm. Parang if everything was r- nice and rosy all the time or if mm. all people were nice and everyone was good and would get along with each other then there'd be very little for lawyers to do so I think that has helped my practice as well and then eventually my life in corporate and then my entrepreneurial journey now just really to be careful well, number one always parang be aware of the scenarios that you, you're, you're, you're facing parang, um, no matter how high or how low the chances of it happening and then two just really be very deliberate. Be very, as much as you can, be very exact, be very precise in, in how you, you move forward. Got it. All right. Now, let's take our first break. And when we come back, I want to discuss how you then went to, again, your next hustles all the way to Singapore and then how you jumped and founded Ticket to Me. Well, let's talk yeah. about that more after the 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, I have a very very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We're still with Darmi Mariano, uh, who's now, I'm, I'm already hooked. If I was a listener, I'd be, I'm already hooked uh, of what you already told us in the first part of, of the, the series. Again, Darwin, thanks for having the time to share with us. Now, I'm, I'm curious. After your stint with Mr. Late Senator Rocco, um, you went to Semex, right? Uh, yep. Talk to us again. And you stayed there for a while. What did you yep. do in Semex? And again, this is very uh, communication driven. You were public affairs director for Philippines and Asia, with yes. such a big title and a big responsibility. What are the things you did there, and what are the learnings you had to you also acquired <laughs> in that type of uh, exposure? Yes. Okay. So I, I often thought of my role in Semex as a troubleshooter, mm. um, to make sure that we would prevent problems from becoming legal problems or community problems or media problems. So my job in communications and public affairs essentially was to make sure that we had very strong relationships with all the stakeholders of the business, government, our local communities where we had our plants and operations, um, with other 
technical stakeholders that would be important, um, the construction industry, the real estate industry. Um, so that was my job, essentially. And you can imagine what in, on a day-to-day basis what, what a lawyer doing public affairs and communications would be doing. It could be, for example, handling an environmental complaint in one right. plant or say working with or having to defend our price adjustments with the Department of Trade and Industry. So iba-iba on a day-to-day basis. But what I learned in Femex and which is still very, very useful to this day for me is cement kasi is a hyper-competitive industry with margins being razor thin. Imagine mo ang bigat ng sako ng cemento. And yet it only weighs, it's only worth what? A few hundred pesos. Yeah. Several hundred pesos. You really need volume by default. Correct. So in order to be able to transport cement, you would have to put it in large trucks or Mm -hmm. in vessels. Imagine if your profit is only, what, a few pesos per bag of cement. Imagine how many trucks or how many vessels of cement you need to be able to move in order for you to make it a profitable venture. Mm -hmm. Um, Coupled with the fact that it's very energy intensive um, Mm -hmm. and cement is very, it uses a lot of fuel to be able to cook the limestone and turn it into cement. So yung discipline about margin control and financial Mm -hmm. efficiency, even if it was not directly my area because I sat in the management team, I learned from CEMEX and that would carry and that would work well for me. As I I, I became older and as I became um, a more seasoned executive. Absolutely, and especially you getting exposed to those margins, mm-hmm. that that is ingrained to your DNA. That margins, margins, yes. margins, and especially Correct. like in ticketing down the road, it's exactly. a margins fucking game, right? <laughs> Correct. 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 You can only do so much. Sa Semex ko rin na realize, and that's when I also first learned the value of um the of cash flow. Mm. Which is of everybody's problem in the COVID yes. at the moment. Correct, correct. Oh. And the importance of making um and the importance of pricing properly. Because um cement is a sensitive commodity. You cannot just jack up the prices without raising a howl from government who is building infrastructure from, from developers and all of that. So but you have to be smart about how you price your product. And that's where I began. I mean, Cemex opened my eyes to that of, of the need to be of, of the need to be very, very careful of your, your numbers and of your margins and of the need to be very careful about price. Because for example, if you price too high, patay ka kagad. You, you might not get the sort of market reaction that you would want. If you price too low, then you have, you be, it becomes very, very difficult for you to push the prices up. Diba? I mean, because you will have to operate in a, in, a, in a very competitive environment. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, it all boils down. Again, we'll discuss this later. To your unit economics. If you don't yes. know your unit economics properly, your mm-hmm. price is fucked. Your margins are fucked. Your costing is fucked. Correct. Everything is is just. By the way, we can cast here if you want to. But okay. I know you're very precise <laughs> on your thing, so I don't think you'll do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so Darwin, after Semex, you went uh, uh, to Singapore, right? Now, yes. Yeah. And there was a good five to six month, uh, five to six year stint as well. How's the difference between going from, and you went to Sanofi for this matter, yes, from Manila all the way to Singapore? What's the difference of exercising those things you have now learned here in Manila, into a to 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 such like like the the apex of 
legal, HR, and everything else in, in Sanofi in Singapore? I think, um, well, the, the difference for me was it was really out of my comfort zone. And yeah. one of the reasons, uh, I didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, uh, in the very early days, when they first offered me um, an expatriation, I said, um, I Wala. wanted to stay here. I was, not- I was, yeah, I was happy. <laughs> I was happy. I mean, I was doing well. It was right. a comfortable life. Um, um, cruise control, kumbaga. Right. But one of my friends in the company said that, you know what, you're already settled into your nice little bubble. You won't be able to find out exactly what you're capable of unless you let go of the crutches that have helped you become successful in your jobs in the Philippines. And what were those things? Number one, um, I was a lawyer in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So it was always useful to have that legal knowledge and that right. network and that understanding in a Philippine environment. So when I was trying to fix problems for Semex, even if hindi ako lawyer for Semex, the fact na naintindihan ko yung batas, it was really helpful. Right. Um, that wouldn't be helpful for me in Singapore. I mean, it could maybe indirectly help, but not, not directly. The second one was, um, because of my work with Senator Rojo, I had a lot of friends in government. Mm. And because I remained politically active, um, I, I would never run for office myself, but I would have a lot of friends from all colors, all persuasions, right, right. running or serving in government at, 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 any, at any point in time. Okay. Um, those connections would also be very helpful for Philippine roles. When I moved to Singapore, wala din yon. That was oh. completely non-existent. I had what no ministry contacts. or ACLA do you have to do? Correct, have to. correct, correct. So I had nothing. And right. that was, I think, the, that was the best naman thing about leaving um, the country. Um, I would learn to rely on other skills or develop other things um, in, in, in myself and, in, I guess, in, my, in, in, in what I had. Okay. In order to be successful in those roles. And yun nga, um, dun naman sa Singapore, uh, I think the, the best lesson that Singapore taught me was hard work. Mm. Um, in, kasi you can, I did well in school when I was young. Right. And I guess because of, yun nga, I was a lawyer and my political connections and I, I, I generally tend to communicate well. That mm. worked to make life a bit easier for me in the Philippines. Yeah. When I moved to Singapore, nung nawala yung many of my crutches, I right. ko, una, in the Philippines, I seemed like I was a workaholic. Diba? I, would, mm. I would put in long hours and all of that. So Singapore, normal yon. My hours, my long hours in the Philippines, when I applied it in Singapore, that's common. They're not wow. exceptional in any way. Mm-hmm. So, and so the value of hard work, the value, I think, of... Um, when you have an environment like Singapore where almost everything works well, mm-hmm. then you focus naman on making sure that you do very, very well versus your competitors, versus right. your... Ano, like, kasi hindi na nagiging issue yung, yung, yung traffic. Diba? Right. Hindi na nagiging issue yung internet connection. Now right. you really have to understand your business, your product, and how you can compete in the market. That is amazing. Now, this is where... I, I, I want to transition to, you mentioned that Ticket to Me was a side hustle. How yes. did it become a side hustle in Singapore where, I mean, Singapore is pretty top-notch in terms of, of stuff. But again, the, the acts there are pretty limited. And, and I would compare, I always go back and forth, especially in the early days of Party Pile. There's still more, more things happening here in Manila. But again, the infrastructure mm-hmm. was not... Thing. Again, just to uh, give a little bit of a background of where I came from, Party Pile was my app before, and it was a nightlife app. 
And in 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 nightlife, there are very little margins in in terms of of accommodations. When I say that, it's you're in the guest list. You can't really earn much for that. The money is in the tables, right? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. in the tickets. That's it. Yeah. When we mm-hmm. were dying in party file, we had a pivot in 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 doing because we can we can't really do do much with the tables, and it's very relationship driven. Yep. So, for example, if you're gonna book a table in a club, you're always gonna book with the same promoter all the time because you mm-hmm. wanna be pampered by that promoter when you yep. come in, right? Yep. In tickets, it's the same thing. But the problem was, especially here in the Philippines, the the venues own the ticketing system. Yes. SM Tickets uh, is owned yep. by SM, and which they own SM Moa Arena, SM yeah. Moa Concert Grounds, whatever. Same with Araneta. Yep. Same with yep. How did you start? Take it to me as a side hustle and walk us through how you eventually said, All right, fuck this shit. I'm gonna go all in. <laughs> yeah. So um so I started in college. So I was a ticket reseller in college. So ginagawa ko, yun nga, I would buy shows or mm-hmm. blocks of tickets to certain shows that I like mm-hmm. and then resell them to classmates. Mm-hmm. So that's how I first met my friends in the theater and live concerts industry. Okay. Um I would do that on and off throughout my corporate life. Uh, it would never be full-time. Uh, um, every time I show, parang guerrilla talaga. We would move in if there was a show that we liked. We would stay out if there wasn't any. Um, and over time, as I got more experience, and then over time, as I got more money, I would sometimes produce my own. So for example, wow. in, in 2013, we produced a musical version of the hit independent film, Ang Pagdadalaga ni Maximo Oliveros. That was you guys? It. Yeah, so oh Maxi the musical. So, so that was pretty well received. Uh-huh. But we, can't, we don't do it as often or as, as consistently as the established theater companies. Okay. So that was, I know, so because I think I love to do it, mm-hmm. um, uh, whether or not it made money was secondary. And of course, sometimes we would lose money, sometimes we would make money. Mm-hmm. In fact, the first ever show I produced by myself um, at the Mall of Asia Arena in 2011. This was um, a, a play. So basta, anyway, wow. we don't have to go into details. But I actually mortgaged my condo in what? order to be able to, to produce it because I didn't have enough cash. But wow. I was able to pay it back. But that's, that's how crazy I, I was. Um, yeah. Part of the reason, and I go back to an earlier point you asked me about, was kaya ko, kaya ko kaya maging ganun ka-aggressive was because I had a corporate job. Of course. I had, a re- right. I had a cushion. I had regular income that would always be enough to feed me okay. and to put a roof over my head so that I could be risky and then more adventurous, more courageous with, with the projects. So, yeah. yon, and then eventually, um, in 2017, as a, actually, um, it's not, unfortunately, it's not all good. Um, uh-huh. In 2017, kasi my mom got sick. Okay. Um, she she yeah she was diagnosed with um, stage four colon cancer and then oh, I, de- yeah. I decided to leave my job in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, she passed away last year um, in December that. last year. But yeah, but in 2017, I I felt that you know what I had run my course in corporate. Um, I wanted the f- more than anything else um, mm-hmm. because I had been lucky career wise. I didn't have as much financial pressure now. I wanted control over my time so that I could be with my mom. So I came home mm-hmm. and um, fortunately, we were given um, three more years, almost, almost three more years with her. Um, 
in the first couple of years, she was really well. So okay. after mga after the surgery to remove the tumor, and when she started with chemo, she's very strong. But I realized that, take lang, mommy, parang I'm not going to be. I'm going to be super bored right. <laughs> if I'm not doing anything because you don't right. need you don't need me to be there all the time. My dad is strong, right. is able to take care of her. I mm-hmm. have a lot of siblings. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going to need to. I need. To, I need to do something with my time. And I was so shocked. Like you say, when I revisited, so the first ticket to me started in 2000, kasi, 2000, okay. 1999 or 2000. That was okay. even the original name. Ticket to me na talaga siya then. Now I'm, it makes sense because the current logo reminds me of a certain something in the 99, 2000s era. It yes. looked like an MIRC logo. <laughs> correct, correct, correct. The first ever ticket to me .com website was on tripod. Wow. We had slapped on um, a free form where people would order. Kaya pa siya ticket to me, naggagaguhan kami ng mga kaibigan ko. <laughs> we could not rival the distribution system at that time of the ticket nets and the ticket worlds. So ang, ang, ang differentiator namin, dahil nga kasi I was from UP, we had friends from Lasal, may mga friends kami from UST, from Ateneo. We would take it to you. Dadali namin yung ticket dahil kasi taga-school, we were in the same school. We would go to the yeah. same university. So, ticket to me, diba? Ticket to me. Parang ganun lang. It was a, parang lokohan lang that sort of eventually became the brand. Mm-hmm. And then, then, so, nung 2017 yeah, fast forward, I was looking at the market. So, because walang innovation for exactly the same reason that you described. Many of the ticketing platforms are owned by the venues. They are secondary businesses, parang necessary services right, right. To, to landlords. So, wala sila masyadong innovation because they make their money from rent. Eh, because I'm a theater producer and I'm an events producer myself, I knew exactly the pain points I wanted to solve. Mm-hmm. Hence, Ticket to Me. So, that's why when we launched, it was a far um, more attractive product. And in mm-hmm. fact, nakakatawa, we are still basically on our MVP wow. with tweaks. We are still on beta effectively. Beta. We are rolling out uh, uh, the upgrades hopefully in the next um, month or so. Na, na, na delay lang kami because na of COVID. But that's how fast it grew. Parang we never had time to actually improve dramatically because when we launched, parang people started to use it and use it and use it. And now, I guess, um, years after, I mean, so far, it's, it's been doing really It's been well. good because there's two things that stick out. The reason why I wanted to talk to you was, first one, um, you raised 15 million for COVID through Ticket to Me. Like, mm-hmm. What? I, they have that much volume? That's crazy. We have actually today, as of yesterday, 6 p.m., we have raised 17.6 oh million. Oh my God. Um, 15, uh, so 15 of that is to the main campaign with mm-hmm. Kaya Natin. So, um, but we also have, at, right now we have, I think, 16 different active um, fundraising campaigns for the frontliners. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, over, I mean, thousands upon thousands right. of, of donors or ticket buyers. So, yeah. All right. Now, let's take a break. And let's, let, when we come back, now let's talk about how you scaled, how you built the team and everything else. Let's talk about that more after the break. 
Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag Uno Ready Savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag Uno Earn or hashtag Uno Boost Time Deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag Uno Earn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. 
Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the final part. We're still with Darwin Mariano of Ticket to Me. That was amazing of how you detail it. Again, I'm very, very blown away of how you and how eloquent you are. I love it. I'm just literally like, oh, wow, this guy looks This is amazing, amazing communicator. So it's always a joy to have uh, people like, again, it makes my job easier. I don't have to really talk as much, right? It's great. It's always podcast material, what you say. So before the break, you already told us, you know, the, how much scale you've been able to stay with. 17 million since the COVID start. That's amazing. But before you even do that, you just thought of this on the side. And you said, okay, how did, when did you come in? And, All right, this is a startup now. Because yes, you had a website. But if mm-hmm. you, it's not enough that you have just a janky ass website, right? Yep. It has to be legit. Especially when you're trying to do volume. That's why in, I always talk about it in my mid-rolls. Like AWS is there for you to scale the whole platform up. Yep. If yep. it breaks, you're fucked. People are not going to go back. Right? Correct, correct, um, correct. How did you build the team to build the platform that you needed? Okay. So I, I talked to my co-founder. So my co-founder's name is James Mendoza. He is actually the CEO of a tech development firm called Maroon Studios. Oh, I had a chance to... Hmm? Yes, so I had the chance to work with James and meet him when I was still with Sanofi. Oh, wow. So because he, one of their spin-off companies is a blockchain electronic medical records company called Health Blocks. So they were pretty big in the health sector. And I was doing a lot of tech-related projects with partners. Remember, in my job as public affairs, I have to connect with the, the, the community, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I met James there. And then when I finally got to the point where I said to myself, I will build Ticket to Me again, mm-hmm. um, I knew that I wanted to talk to James. I impressed mm-hmm. James, I have this really, really good idea for a business. Um, unfortunately, I don't have money. Mm-hmm. Or I won't be able to pay you up front. Right. But I can give you a percentage ownership of the company if you can help me build it. And then, of course, relying on the promise that I made to him that I would make it um, a successful venture. Then, Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I think I I made a good enough impression then on James that he said, okay, bro, this is the first time that we're going to be doing this. Most of their projects were B2B. Mm. Um, kami yung parang first business to consumer type um, app or platform yeah. that they mm. that they built, but they built many other products and platforms before. Mm. So that's how um, we began. Uh, my our first my first employee is actually a former student of mine. Oh, nice. Oh. So so when I was <laughs> when I was recruiting, like, what the hell is this startup? Why will <laughs> why will anyone want to join it and, and pay right, right. I mean risk your career ganyan. So I had a I had a former student who who was I think who had just left his banking job because he was okay. sick and tired of, of, of banking. And they said, <laughs> Sir, I I I know I saw your post. Um, I was posting on Facebook. So, yeah, I saw your right. post. I want to join the company. And he eventually became my first employee. So that's how it all started um, in terms of staffing. Um, 
Uh, and it's been really, really, I, I think that's one of the reasons also na parang I, I would love to take credit for mm-hmm. all of the success of Ticket to Me. But I think there's been a lot of luck in our journey as well. I got lucky with my co-founder. I got lucky and I continue to get lucky with most of the members of, of the team that have joined us. So, and I think those have really been um, a, a lifesaver and a differentiator. Absolutely. But I, in, in terms of luck, I don't believe that it's just sheer luck because it's also experience that you know how to identify the right people. That, that's mm-hmm. why luck comes in. It's, it's a, yeah. luck, is, luck is always uh, manufactured. <laughs> Right, yeah. because if you know, like, oh shit, it's a yeah. total gamble. Like fuck it, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just rely so, on luck. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It's so hard. I think so. So I mean, some people will call it timing. Yes, deba. Some people will call it timing. Um, I I approached my co-founder at the right time, at the right stage in his company as well. Um, I approached my team, my 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 employees. I offered them jobs, or we met at the right time. So I think that could be it as well. Right. And absolutely. And again, going back to how now I understood your story, you had the ability to properly convince them because you knew what to say and what not to say, (laughs) how to say it. Plus also, uh, with that, with all the experience in corporate, in legal, so vesting Mm -hmm. and all these proper structures and whatnot, it's not going to be a question anymore. You had the proper groundwork done. So it's Mm -hmm. easier to at least... Because uh, a lot of startups also start with this, ah, whatever, let's create a product and let's scale. Yeah, and then right, right. The, one thing they forgot, like, oh, are we incorporated? It's like, how the fuck yeah. are you not going <laughs> to scale, right? right. Because right, right. these are the little things that the intricacies that only experience from uh, from a, pro- a proper hustle from before can teach yes. you, right? Yep. Okay, now, how did you get traction? Because... Okay. You know, this is always the biggest bitch, and especially in B2C. I know how hard it is mm-hmm. to get traction in, yep. an event, in, in an event. I remember before in 45, I would always deliberately look for hit events because naturally you'll piggyback on that hit event. The mm-hmm. problem is that if there's no hit event, you're fucking irrelevant as well because mm-hmm. you're always chasing after that event. And yep. you're always piggybacking on, okay, is there a hype that's yep. generating this? Because you're the last, you're the bottom of the funnel where they can actually go to the event. You're the gatekeeper, right? Yep. yep. How did you yep. scale this up to get traction and then get, get users to use it? Yes. So uh, I, think, um, I think one of the, the, the things that have made it uh, the easy, but I guess it, it helped quite a lot was the fact that I am myself a producer. So it wasn't like I'm some some tech geek outside with a brilliant product na ilalako ko to a sector yeah. who I know that needs it. I was really, and I guess this is almost cliche, I guess, in all of your podcasts with founders, pero start with the market need. Are you really solving a problem? Correct. I built Ticket to Me to solve very real problems of myself as a producer. Mm-hmm. And even if there were no other users of my product, I would still use it because it makes more sense to use Ticket to Me than any of my competitors. Absolutely. So, and I think um, that, yung parang answering a real market need, coupled mm-hmm. with the fact that when I came knocking on the doors of the clients, who many of whom were my friends or people mm-hmm. had worked, I had worked with, mm-hmm. it became a much easier entry into the market. Um, so, but I think um, 
ultimately, um, ngayon, the traction that we continue to demonstrate is a function of two things na. Um, um, one is, of course, tech that delivers as promised. Absolutely. I mean, um, our technology isn't perfect. There's no platform that is. I mean, okay. no matter the, the richest, the best platforms, the most sophisticated ones still have to be improved. Right. But the other thing that has been really, really differentiating for us is customer service. Mm. I'm proud to say that we, we have the best customer service team and ability in the whole um, an online event ticketing market, in the event ticketing market in the Philippines. Um, and that has really worked to our... Yung tama talaga yun, eh, it's not cliche. Again, it's not True. cliche. Kailangan alagaan mo yung, yung kliyente mo because it's so competitive. And we've had new competitors come in and fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And then we've seen existing players sort of adjust their strategies when right. we came in. Nung start, ignore lang kami. Yeah. And then when they began to see na parang, oh no, um, they're really getting market share or that they're mm-hmm. really getting into venues and places that they thought was parang theirs for the taking. Right. Pinabayaan din kasi nila eh, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. They, 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 pinabayaan, they, 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 they took their customers for granted, both mm-hmm. the ticket buyers and the organizers. And mm-hmm. I think that, that came to to haunt them later on. And, that, and that's literally disruption happening right there. Because, you know, sometimes when we have, you think that you already have a monopoly or you have a build, build enough moat and then you realize, oh shoot, okay, we're good. Standard, the status quo is okay. And uh, yes. when you come in and totally uh, blast that out of the window and it's done through customer service and plus again with tech, that would scale, right? Now, yes, correct. Let's now talk about the hard stuff because it's not gonna be rainbows and butterflies. You pretty sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure you stumbled somewhere down the road. What are the course, hardest things you have to uh, go through uh, in this journey so far? Because I remember back in Party Pile, there's always a fire I have to put up. You know, yes. um, <laughs> as, a, as a first time entrepreneur, and again, I didn't have enough experience prior. Most of them was caused by me too. <laughs> I was uh-huh. just too gung ho. There's just so much bravado. Like, ah, let's do okay. this. Let's, let's try this. And sometimes, you know, um, only pain and experience can tell you, hey, you know what? Enough with the hubris, idiot. You know, you can't, yeah. you, can't, you, can't, you can't take it on all of that. You're not Chuck Norris. You can't beat that at yep. all. So you, you want to be able to uh, tone that down. But for you, what were those challenges you had to encounter? Okay, so I think well, marami din. So like any like, like any entrepreneur, and I think not just in the startups. Um, the first thing that I had to 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 deal with was the the unending sense of fear slash pressure, because I keep telling my team that you know what? Um, when I was in my cushy corporate job, right? Um, even if I made a mistake. Worst thing that would likely happen to me is I wouldn't get my bonus for that year. Or a memo. <laughs> or a memo or mapapagalitan ako ng boss ko. But, but um, I mean, fortunately, if, you're, if your head is screwed on straight, you likely will not be making those catastrophic career-ending mistakes. Alam mo yun, ang magiging mistakes mo in corporate would be failing to hit your target or not, not being able for whatever reason to, to, to deliver on whatever project that you, you committed to deliver. But there would always be that 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 parachute right? or that right, right. support system. Here, as a as the founder and the CEO, sabi ko sa team ko, um, 
I my I, I wake up every morning wishing, praying, hoping that I get the big decisions right. I don't need to be perfect, but I do not want, and I am scared to be making decisions that might turn out to that I mean that'll kill the company. And that's always um a a, a source of pressure, but it keeps me on my toes because I don't want. Parang I never want to have to tell my people that, you know what, I'm sorry, guys, because of a, a catastrophic, stupid mistake by your founder, the company is shut dead. or we won't, is dead and then we all have to lose our jobs. And these are people with families who, who have obligations. So that's one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the first problem slash challenge because I wasn't used to that. Mm-hmm. Because it was always a side hustle, right. I never realized that that was going to be a source of pressure. And that affects decision-making. That affects... Um, the way you 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 decide you 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 run the business. So that's one. Um, but in terms of more specific problems, I think um, it's very important. Number one, to hire well. We have had our share of fantastic hires, and mm-hmm. um, almost all of the time that has been really really good for us. Mm-hmm. But I have made my mistakes in terms of hiring. We have oh, had yeah. we've hired. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Um, what what do you look for in in um the why? What's your what's your mo, your modus operandi in looking for the right hire? Because every every entrepreneur has that varying, right? I mean, yes. you can't just always say, ah character the, the whatever, right? Yeah. But there has to be a secret to to get it most of the time. You can't. You're not gonna make it perfect for sure, right? Yes. But yes, how do yes. you make sure that you at least have have a higher uh, shooting percentage uh, in lo- looking for the right hires? Yes. So I guess um, there's, in, in, at least in, in the Ticket to Me experience, um, you never really realize it until after the hire has been, or, I mean, the person has been offered a job. Yeah. Um, so usually in the very early stages, what, what, what impresses me kasi is smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do not want, I want people, I want to be surrounded by people who know better than me. Okay. Um, that's always a no. So I'm not, I don't claim and I am by no means the expert in this. But I know how, I know where I want to take my company to. I know the direction. I know the vision. So I need people who will help me get there. So that's one. The, the, but the, the bigger thing and which I look for after you started, because unfortunately, hindi siya nakikita in the CV. And hindi siya nakikita in background interviews or background reference checks. And that would be integrity walking your talk because more than smarts if i have someone who is hungry for accomplishment for to do a good work to do good to good, to, to, to accomplish things to do good things for for the company that he or she works for and then walks his or her talk hindi yung akala mo kung ano galing-galing magano tapos as in complete hypocrite pala or complete opposite of who she said she was going to be right. or, or who she claims to be, then I think, um, and that's been the, the warning for me. So moving since then, that has been the, those two things. Um, um, uh, galing. And um, of course, yun nga, as I mentioned in, in, in the very early stages, the proxy for galing is mm-hmm. smarts. But mm-hmm. you realize that over time, what I want, to, what I want that smarts to translate into would be hunger. And then the other one, of course, is integrity. As in those two things. Okay. Now, when you realize that you made the wrong hire, 
given that you've been into that situation, you always it's easy to keep someone who's the right fit. But coming yes. from your experience as well, knowing that you have to, especially as a lawyer, you have to bring the bad news sometimes. As a yes. founder, this is a, a lot of young founders go through this. They don't know how to fucking fire someone. If you have yes, to let yes. go of someone, how do you do it? Well, um, it's 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 still the hardest thing for me to do. I have been doing this for a long time, even in corporate, kasi, because we have had to go through um, periods where the company would have to downsize. And of course, I would have to be part of, of the team that would downsize. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's never easy. I don't think it ever gets easy. I thought, I don't think it should ever be easy <laughs> um, because it, it tells you a lot about how your values have become if you are completely heartless about letting someone go when you very well know that that person's livelihood and to a large extent that person's family depends on the income that that, that person makes from your company. Absolutely. Pero, um, and I wish I, I wish I could do it all the time, but this is one of those cases where it's even then, even when I knew that the hire was bad, mm-hmm. um, it would still be very difficult for me. But for what it's worth, my message to founders listening here and other entrepreneurs is, I just didn't believe them or I didn't listen to them. Um, hire slowly, but fire quickly. Um, and it's not easy to do. Usually, baliktad, right? You hire quickly yeah. because kailangan na, kailangan na, we're growing. And then when you fire, <laughs> ang nangyayari is parang ang hira, parang, right. oh, parang, tas naawa ka, or yes. what will happen to the work, what will happen to ma-overload ba yung team ko, ganyan, ganyan. Right. So yeah. it's usually the reverse. I think the human reaction is the reverse. But yeah. I think now, um, the, the, the advice that I got from my board is is true and i myself should listen to it more i'm higher slowly fire quickly that's amazing okay now let's pay it forward now to how you guys do it because you mentioned something that a lot of also entrepreneurs need to learn from which is doing pricing properly what is the darwin mariano um uh, (laughs) playbook for properly pricing your startup because again this is unit economics a lot of people fuck this up and the last thing you know, the last thing you want to do, for every fucking unit you sell, you lose money. Let's just at least yes. get groundwork of how do you properly price your startup, whether it's a service or a, a, a product. Yeah, okay. So, Siguro, I'll try to keep, I'll, I'll try to stay as principle-based as possible because, siempre pricing is really driven by the industry you're in, by the product, diba, or the service that you have. So, maybe I'll, I'll stick to the principle so that parang mas applicable whatever it is that our, the people listening to, uh, to our, our podcast sure. would be able to maybe consider and apply to their own situation. So, right. I think number one is you cannot launch and price your product without doing really, really serious market research. Got it. You cannot start from, ah, ganito yung cost ko. <laughs> this is how much money uh, um, it costs me to provide this service. And right. this is how much money I want to make. And therefore, I will price like that. Right. That, that's, I think, a recipe for disaster. You really have to enter... Um, knowing and having done your homework well. And that's what we did. Before I launched, when I, when I went to my founder, C. James, my co-founder, C. James, to, to, to offer him to help me build this company, I had a full business plan. 
As in wow. full business plan with research, with interviews from, from, from industry people, we had a very clear... And this was already an industry that I was familiar with. Huh? I could right, talk right. my way and impress my way through it. But I wanted to be absolutely sure because I was going to burn my life savings on, yeah. on this company. And if I was going to ask someone else to devote resources, I had to be, care, be ready. So be that's one. devil's advocate, your, right? Yes, yes. So do your homework well. So when you price, you need to know exactly what your competitors are doing and how they are pricing. Got it. If you don't have competitors, I'm, I would be worried because mm. one of two things lang yan. One is you're super brilliant. You're ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. And you need to be very careful because it might take time for the market to build around your product. Diba? The timing. Mas madaling mag, mag, yes, mas madaling mag-price if you already had competitors mm-hmm. because you know that there's already a market. And you just really needed to figure out whether or not there's a segment or a niche that you can get into. So that's one. I think do your research. The next, the second one, I think, is um, I know however it is that you spar- however it is that you wish to price, mm-hmm. price properly na in the beginning. Um, it's as a, because I guess of my experiences in in Semex where you know it's hyper competitive margins are razor thin. Mm. You do not want to be confusing the market with a weird, complicated price right. structure, mm. and you don't want to be sending signals that you change it. Your customers across the the, the, the markets that you operate in, we feel the para. These guys don't know what the hell they're doing. Parang, <laughs> exactly. You have to be clear about the yeah. So you have to be very clear about it from the time that you, you launch. I'm not saying you don't change your price, but what I'm saying is you try to be as deliberate in your mm-hmm. pricing, as long-term in your pricing as you can be. Of course, you need to have the flexibility to adjust to certain projects, certain mm-hmm. clients, certain critical partnerships may, of course, warrant special pricing. But mm-hmm. I think those are, at least for me, those are the two. Because it is very, very difficult to walk back a price increase when you suddenly realize your market share is collapsing because you price too high or you're not able to get any sort of traction because you price too high. Conversely, if you price too low, you'll find that it's very, very difficult to price naman and to increase your prices because you will be putting customers at risk. You might be driving them off to competitors and in, in for example in my space sa, sa, sa sector namin sa ticketing there are always new guys nipping at our heels um, there are always existing players both local and international who are more than happy to sort of diba, destroy us and, and leave us by the wayside absolutely and and, and and that said you know that's that's the, that's very solid what you said, but I'm also curious because this industry is very dependent on events, and the entertainment industry or any type of yes. industry that involves a lot of people congregating together is going to be affected by the COVID, right? This yes. is um, mm-hmm. anything if people involved. Well, what? How can you still thrive, or how can the entertainment industry thrive given that the new normal does not involve people? congregating together. Yep. So for us, I think, um, again, and this is I, I, a source of some comfort for me as, as the founder of ticket to me our tech can be applied to online events. And in fact, we've already shifted um, to online events. We're doing a lot of 
online workshops, online nice. classes now that lend itself to ticketing. So we can still charge for tickets and then um, uh, as a result of having purchased the tickets, then you get access to the online content that our clients provide. Mm. It also is very helpful that we have a stable uh, and growing crop of partners. These are people who provide content offline already. Right. Mm -hmm. um, what we're doing now is we're encouraging them and we're giving them the tools and mm -hmm. the skills necessary to shift online. Nice. Um, is when COVID hit, we actually um, did really well. Instead of, I was very worried as the, at the very early days of, of COVID na parang, you know what? Because you know, sense of impending doom. Right. But because our our technology could apply to many other types of, of situations, that has helped us a lot. We've also launched, apart from our online classes, online events uh, business, we've just launched um, a service called Doc2Me, which wow. is a telemedicine platform. It uses essentially our same back-end. Because Ticket2Me ah. to me, to at its core is a reservation, a registration system for people who want to attend an event and a payment collection system. So basically, that's what we do. So right. applied on a micro basis, we can easily do that for doctors wanting to schedule wow. appointments with their patients. We make it easy for them to collect and all of that. So um, we work with a number of um, uh, video platforms for this. So you know, so I think um, that's been really good. But you're right. Um, in so far as our online um, our offline live events business is concerned, I'm being optimistic. I think at the earliest, we will only start to see very slow recovery by Q4 of this sure. year. You know, when and even then, and start singing, yes. that's, when, that's the signal. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think even then, it would be a much slower recovery, yeah. still... Um, social distancing it mm -hmm. i do not know if the large gatherings in the super large gatherings yeah. will be allowed so um i'm hoping for the best um but uh, we're ready i think that's the that's the key message for 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 me and for for founders is you have to you cannot complain about ah, the market has changed eh? you need to be ready and i guess yeah. we're lucky lang na our tech is is is, is adaptable enough to be able to use it for, for an online environment as well as an offline one. And you saw an opportunity. You said you, the same black uh, platform you, or you, you already built will then can be uh, adapted into other uh, things. And I think that's what other startups can do. You know, If the market changes or at least one customer segment is pretty stagnant, look at your framework and see, all right, which vertical can we adapt this to? Yes, yes. And I guess yun pa yung isang advantage of an older founder, not to discourage the younger founders out there. I was telling you I wasn't brave enough when I was young to become yeah. a founder or an entrepreneur. I started Ticket to Me full-time. I was already in my 40s. Wow. But that's one of the instances where being an older founder is useful because mas marami na akong pinagdaanan. I know I can spot opportunities outside the, the the sector that I'm currently in because in I guess professionally I've done a bit more stuff I mean I've been around and that's that that has also helped uh, in in the pivot of of ticket to me in the post COVID era totally and I, I totally agree because I always look back uh, I mean I, I I went founder straight up right out of college and I went through shitloads of pain and fucking frustration 
that the 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 thirty one year old me would be talking to the twenty one year old me and be like, dude, you'd be a total fucking idiot. But there are things that I wouldn't change, like you know my 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 passion towards what I do. That that's what always what got me here. But for you, Darwin, what are the things that you would have changed if you look back, knowing what you know now, uh, and say, all right, this could have turned out a little bit more better if I did this? Or what would your message be to the younger you? Mm. I hope, um, one is, I think, um, keep, keep doing stuff. Keep building things because that's how you learn. Right. Um, um, and that's, that's, that's where you make mistakes. Mm. And for me, the, I learned more from my mistakes than I did from my failures. Absolutely. And your mistakes co- is a function, a direct rela- it's directly related to how many attempts I've made or I've had in my life as, at trying to produce events, build things, start businesses, um, and undertake projects at work. So dun ako nagkakamali and dun ako natututo. So I think that would be um, the... And that's what I would tell... I, I'm not sure if I would... I guess some mistakes I would have avoided if I had listened to to my... to, to counsel, to advice right. that I, I was given. Pero... I guess there's also a certain, and you mentioned it also, eh, um, right. there's a certain yabang, there's a certain hubris and arrogance right. that comes with being brave enough to start your own and to lead your own right. little startups. Um, that can be a weakness if you never, if you can never pause your arrogance, diba? Yung parang you're all, the, yung parang it's only my idea all the time. Right. And I guess yun lang, na parang, for example, uh, in, 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 in certain large business decisions, if you can maybe surrender your arrogance a bit and just say, na parang, hey, I may not know everything about this. Correct. And then take that into account. Because some of my, fortunately, non, they're not catastrophic mistakes, but the biggest mistakes I've made mm-hmm. have been in cases where hindi ako nakinig from sa, sa, sa what would turn out to be really, really prudent advice um, by, by, by people whose judgment I trust. Totally, totally. I always have flashbacks every single time. Of, of <laughs> it's like deja vu of, oh shit, I've, this happened before. And I, I again, looking back, like, dude, this is what you did when you're a, you're an idiot. I wouldn't do that. And I always come back. And there, yes. I, I, there's one thing that I always, uh, one episode I always come back to, uh, the one with Minette Navarrete of Kickstarter. Thing. Oh man, the the when you guys invested in me, I was so idiot. I thought I passion would always cut me through, but sometimes passion is your poison pill. Where yes. you know it's not enough. You need to really be. Uh, you 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 wanna you, you wanna be even keeled over. Like, all right, is, am I really doing this right, or am I gonna coming from an emotional point standpoint? And or, uh, is this the right thing to do? And again, only humble pie can teach you that sometimes. Yes. Yes. All right. Now, last question, Darwin. Now, um, what what's the what's the next thing for for ticket to me? Because Again, uh, mm-hmm. if someone wants to join, who, who, how do they join, and uh, what do they do? Okay, so well, so as um, we still have our, of course, our live events, our offline events business, but of, with uh, the ECQ and with COVID concerns, right. that will pretty much slow down. Mm-hmm. So, what's next for us is we're investing heavily in online, online events, online classes, online performances, online workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have. Uh, as I told you, um, a subunit now that handles telemedicine using our tech. Um, those are the two things. Um, 
we're encouraging. I know that there are a lot of listeners here um, who are in, uh, who are entrepreneurs of their own. They are experts in whether it's a certain craft or a certain skill or whatever it is. Um, we would be more than happy to help you. We, if you have content that you want to deliver online, an online workshop, we have art therapy sessions, classes, um, improv comedy sessions. So if you have stuff like that, that yeah. <laughs> so if you have stuff like that that you want to monetize online. We at Ticket to Me can help you. You can just send us an email at ask at ticketto.me.net or follow us on Facebook or on Instagram or on Twitter. Then send us a message there. Um, the team will respond to you and we can quickly onboard you so that you can have and sell, especially during ECQ. Um, if you're bored and, and you're worried about the, the absence of the ability to generate some money from the skills that you have, we can. And we, we're already doing that for, for a number of people who really just want to be productive during the time that they're on lockdown. Also, and again, if you have a talent or you have an expertise and you think people, it won't hurt trying to charge for it, you know? And this is a hustle. And there's no shame yes. in getting paid for what you're good at, right? So this is a platform where you can use uh, and again, it's proven. Actually, I'll tell you where I found out, uh, where I heard about you again. One of our podcasters in the startup that I have is called Podcast Network Asia. It's the Cool Pals, the Comedy Manila guys. And they use your okay. all the time. So, yes, yeah, yes, they do. They do. Right. Yes. Thank you again, Darwin. Appreciate it. And uh, do you, how do you they contact you if you want to uh, reach out to you again? Um, so you can um, email us at ask at ticketto.me.net or you can follow us on Facebook, um, Ticket to Me. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, um, Ticket to Me Net, I think, okay. and then on Instagram. So, um, but the email would likely be the fastest, but the okay. social media platforms would, would equally be if it, um, effective for that. So, and they reply again, thank you. Number. Okay. So yes, yes, yes. So the, yes, yes. <laughs> very, very fast. Yeah. Standard right there. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Darwin. Appreciate it. I hope you had fun. But before I let you go, please follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening just to. Show us some love. This was a great conversation, Darwin. And again, if you did say some jargon, don't worry. We're gonna put the show notes on hustleshare.com and follow us in the hustleshare community on Facebook. Just look it up. And if you have some messages, unfortunately, we cannot talk to you all the time. But we have a chatbot that does that. So go to hustle, uh, the Hustle Share chatbot at m.me slash hustle share powered by chatbot ph. Again, thank you very much, Darwin. Thank you. Thank you, every, thank you, Ron. And thank you to everyone who listened to our podcast today. Appreciate it. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.